Spring practice just around the corner for UCLA football. So let's dive back into the gridiron and take a look at what are the big questions heading into camp, staff changes, and everything else with UCLA football. You are locked on UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Locked On UCLA. I'm Zach Anderson Yoxheimer, and we're talking football today. Thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcasts, and it's available on YouTube. So, like, comment, and subscribe. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com/slash locked on right now to get started. All right, spring practice officially starts. April 4th, no official spring game of any sort in 2023 for Chip Kelly. The Bruins aren't making that happen. So all we get to do is enjoy, speculate, and talk about UCLA football until spring practice officially starts. So what, in my mind, is the biggest question? What are the biggest things for UCLA football? Well, I think the biggest question comes down to the quarterback position. Who's going to start and who will be the backup and who will be left drowning in their sorrows as the third-string quarterback. Because UCLA's got three, and I tell you three, pretty solid options for a quarterback battle. And it's not often you get this many different ideas of what you can have as your starting quarterback. You've got someone who's been in Chip Kelly's system for multiple years, and Ethan Garbers. He's been around UCLA. He's already hopped to school. I think he's got to finish more academic stuff if he still wants to hop in the portal one more time and go play elsewhere in Garbers, but he still wants to compete for this job, and he's filled in nicely, admirably, in miniature forms when Dorian Thompson-Robinson was out. You've got Colin Schley, who's got all the accolades of a NFL-ready quarterback. I'm reading 24-7 sports in terms of the rumblings of him being one of the top five QBs in the transfer rankings, and UCLA got a top five transfer in Colin Schley coming from Kent State, high upside, NFL upside, with good passing ability, potentially, if he can showcase that in Chip Kelly's system. And then the, the big thing of it all is UCLA's ability to have flipped Dante Moore. We remember in December, just before the bowl game, a couple weeks before, all of a sudden the, the commitment date was up for early signing day, and Dante Moore got flipped from Oregon to UCLA, might be one of the most ready-to-play freshmen in the country. So that makes it a dynamic decision. That can be played out in the field in spring, can ha- be had all summer long. But the question is, who will really stand out for UCLA in the spring? Again, you've already got more there, Garbers and Schley. So people, they've already been acclimated to the system, acclimated in terms of getting used to UCLA and everything in between. My inclination, my general inclination is I would want to go with Dante Moore. Why not start this youth movement and keep playing, and get ready to compete immediately, and get Dante ready for the Big Ten. But then there's the idea of, well, when you have a big upside with a guy who's ready to play, the only one with true starting experience in college Slee, then why not start him as a stopgap for a year, even though he's got more than a year of eligibility, have him ball out in the Pac-12, potentially get drafted, and then move on to bigger and better things, which gives Dante Moore a full year to read himself, prepare, learn the system as they can adapt to Big Ten football 
in 2024. And then you've got Garbers, who's seen everything. He's been behind Dorian Thompson Robinson. He's seen what, what all the career passing marks look like when they're broken and everything in between. And he knows how Chip Kelly and the Bruins have operated through COVID, the end of COVID, and into more regularity here from 2022 into 2023. So it's a fascinating battle with this, I think, with many different transfers coming in, the receivers, the running backs room, tight ends. There's so many guys that have to learn and get acclimated to the new systems with all the staff changes, which we'll talk about in a moment. My initial thought process, I would want to give it to Dante Moore. But again, he's got to earn it because there are two very capable guys. Garber's fairly confident coming out of high school that he was going to do some things, but he transferred and came to UCLA and still had to play as a backup. He wants to play. You've got Schlee. Who, he didn't come to UCLA for nothing. There, there's no reason for a top-five transfer QB to come transfer from Kent State and sit, especially behind a youngster. So these are all unique things going into spring football. And I'm not entirely sure for UCLA that they're going to answer them overall through their, let's take a look, total of 14, 15 sessions through April going to the end of the month or whenever you know spring practice ends. I want to give it to the young guy and give it to the young gun, and get moving with that. But again, he's still got to earn it. Colin Schley has proven with starter experience. Do you want to go with the veteran who's looking to take a step up? Do you want to go with the guy who's been there and knows the knowledge of the system? How is that going to work? Those are all things that need to be answered, and that's why it's such a fascinating question. And we won't know that until they step on the field and play it out. And maybe you have to give the early edge to Colin Schley as the starter in terms of, what he brings to the table physically, and what he brings to the field with what he's already done as a starter and knows how to communicate, especially in this day and age where there's still COVID players for football and super seniors. Maybe you need an older guy to still lead this last wave of COVID seniors before you get back to the youth movement of the 18 to 21-year-olds, which generally it is in college football as opposed to the 23, 24, 25-year-olds playing throughout all these super senior COVID years, which is why Schley could have an advantage in terms of if you really want to dive deep into it. I would just lean Dante Moore, talent, let it blossom, see how it plays out. And if you got to go get another quarterback, then it is how it is because you've got already two in the system, but they might bounce. We're going to talk about this so many times over these next few months that while it is a starter of a conversation, we'll see how it plays out, how spring practice is, but we got to talk to you about some staff changes and kind of update you guys what's going on that term, but we'll tell you all that and more after I tell you about FanDuel because the tournament's heating up. It's the final weekend. You've got the big games and the final four, the title game. There's no better place to go in on the action than FanDuel, the number one sports book in America. And if you've blown your bracket up, if you may try to make some some you know money on these games and you still can't get it right because nobody got this Final Four right, then you got to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get your no sweat first bet. All new customers, if you don't win that first bet, if you lose it, you can get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you get that no sweat first bet for, no, for new customers at FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's a safe, super secure, easy app to use. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every more, every moment more with FanDuel. Cruising on here with Locked On UCLA, Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer with you guys. We've talked about what the quarterback battle brings. It's not a full in-depth battle as to what or, you know, it's just kind of a thought. This is what's going into camp. These are the ideas, you know. They're not true, tangible arguments just yet. 
until they step on the field that next Tuesday and truly get going for spring practice. And it won't even feel more real until they come in, deal with the workouts, and get into fall camp, and then we'll know who the true starting quarterback is. But let's talk about who the newest UCLA staffer is. And keyword on staffer. You've got Ken Niumatololo, the former, yeah, you remember that name? Niumatololo is the former Navy head football coach who just got dropped. And he's been going around, talking at football clinics. He is the official director of leadership and will be an advisor of staff and student-athletes. Remember Bill McGovern, who was the former defensive quarter. He's moved into more of an administrative role. Now you get Ken Nui Matalo, Niu Matalolo, who comes in. I believe his son's actually on the staff or was for a little bit there. And he, he's got play. He's got son. He's been coaching for almost three decades dealing with playing with dealing with Navy, I think even with UNLV for a little stint there. He has been in college football for a very, very long time, won the Commander-in-Chief trophy. He's he's done it all for pretty much everything in Navy history, which he was stunned that he got fired. So let's kind of revisit who all these quarterback who all these staff changes were. If you've already forgotten, we've talked a lot of basketball. This is more of a refreshing course in your memory. Because football is going to be amongst the forefront these next couple weeks until the Bruins start declaring for the draft. You've got McGovern, defensive coordinator, into an administrative role, possibly dealing with you know the, the illness he dealt with last year. He, he had to move on into an administrative role and step back. You've got Niu Matololo, who has just literally been hired for UCLA. March 31st, this is not exactly breaking news, but it happened today. I saw it earlier on the UCLA website. I'm like, why is the article not up? But this is new news and nobody is talking about it. It's because UCLA accidentally put a link to the article, but you couldn't actually read the story. So I saw, I was like, why is Niyu Matalolo a Bruin? Well, he is, and it's a good long-time football mind to have in the program for Chip Kelly, adding to veteran staffers to add to this team and oversee things. Maybe from a step back, taking a year off after being a head coach, but still, it's an intriguing Higher for Chip Kelly for have Navy's all-time leader in head coaching wins as your director of leadership. You know, a leader coming from Navy. Come on, that that, that has to that has to fit the role easily. You've got Danton Lynn, who is the new defensive coordinator, who has no previous coordinating experience, although he has some coaching. He's the son of Anthony Lynn, the former Chargers head coach. He's got variety of experience, even going from the Big Ten, coming from every little thing. So you've got Danton Lynn who's trying to step into a role that's new, but it's young, and with Big Ten kind of blood running through him, dealing with when he went to school and everything in between, he could be a good fit for UCLA moving forward and kind of give him a youth movement defensive coordinator-wise. We've already talked about this. We'll do that. Cody Whitfield, the new DB's coach, because UCLA switched around some of the other staffers, if you remember. Brian Norwood coaching the safeties. He's got a title change. You've got Deshaun Foster, who's kind of somewhat not exactly been elevated, but a new title associate head coach, and Akai Kamalo, he has now, he's taken over the entire defensive line after he was just a piece here, piece there, after UCLA lost some coaches, let some coaches go. So the Bruins have made about six to seven different types of staff moves, whether it's shifting guys around into the office, whether it's shifting guys back in terms of, all right, you're taking over the whole defensive line, a new defensive coordinator, which is the biggest thing, and the newest hire is, Niu Matalolo coming in and stepping in as an advisor for UCLA, a, a director of leadership, technically more in his administrative role, maybe a year off after all these years of head coaching, I think 15 straight years 
out at Navy. Don't quote me on that, but maybe it's a year back, or maybe he's going to step into a more hands-on role for UCLA later on. Whatever that means, it, it just is. I think it's a pretty good hire in an interesting position. So those are somewhat some of the staff changes for UCLA coming into spring ball, as we kind of remember. All right, football. What does that look like? I know we've had, you know, the the XFL. Or all, we have all of these spring football leagues. Well. Us college football fans get excited about the spring football battles, and we're going to talk about X-Factors and certain positions. Max and I will talk about all that and more on this podcast, but so far that's going to do it for the football talk today. Just kind of refresh your memory, right? These are the guys who are going to help lead the Bruins amongst more, and then you've got the quarterback battle with Garbers, Moore, Schley. What's the big thing? What's going to happen there? I can't answer that question right now. We'll f- talk more about it. We can get more into numbers. But I say lead with the youth. What, what's going to happen when you move to the Big Ten? Everything in between. But, you know, that's why you got to get built and prepared for moving on. And as we move on, we'll talk about, you know, Jaime Hawkins Jr. getting a- another award. What, what is it? What's the latest thing he's been able to accumulate? Well, we'll tell you that after I tell you, hey, you should go vote for your va- favorite bar or puff. You, you should go to built.com or built March Madness bracket. You got to go check out builtmarchmadness.com and find out what's your favorite bar or puff. If you don't know that, go buy a bar built or you should go vote and find out. You can win a free box of built bars. 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. Only one fan, though, will get a free 12 month subscription to built and have built's best bars delivered straight to your door. That's right. Go vote for your favorite built bar or puff. Make what makes them so good? They're 100% real chocolate. They have a lot of protein. They're so good you won't even think they're good for you. Go to builtmarchmadness.com and vote for your favorite built bar or puff and you can vote every day in March. This is the last day. Not in April, every day in March. Hop on right now and get it done. Cruising on to the last segment of Locked On UCLA, Jaime Hawkins Jr. racking up the awards just leads me to think, think he is the latest Bruin, or he will be the, the you know the next Bruin to go leave. He has not declared anything yet at the recording of his podcast, but he has been honored as the Lute Olsen National Player of the Year, which is awarded from CollegeInsider.com. Of course, dealing with the Pac-12 National Player of the Year, dealing with Wooden Award finalists and first teams and second teams. He was second in the Pac-12 in scoring, fourth in steals, fifth in rebounds, almost 18 points per game, eight rebounds, and a steal and a half per game. Those are some pretty legitimate numbers UCLA is expecting for the 6'7 guard from Camarillo to replace, and that's what I'm thinking is the next thing. You can't get more and more accolades being a first-team All-Pac-12 member for the second consecutive year, second-team member back in 2021. Only six or five guys, excuse me, in this game, in this season, in 2022 to 23, overall in UCLA history, made more field goals in a single season than Hatmai Hawkins Jr. Only Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when he was Lou Alcindor. You've got Bill Walton, Gail Goodrich, Richard Washington, and Reggie Miller. Those are the names who made more shots than Jaime Hawkins Jr. in a single season. He made 261 field goals at a 48% clip. That's the seventh highest single season total. And if you remember, just one, two, three, four, and five more Bruins. Only five Bruins have made more shots than Hawk is. He's number eight on the all-time scoring list. He is just outside the top ten when it comes to all-time rebounding. 
and he's been honored with uh, one of these numerous but a pretty prestigious National Player of the Year award for the vice president of collegeinsider.com, Angela Lento. I think these words can really reflect how we, I, you know, as Bruin, even Max has been trying to say this multiple times in the podcast, nobody impacted winning more than Jaime Hawkins Jr., a throwback who plays the right way, the game the right way, his numbers across the board were All-America worthy, and his greatness was doing whatever UCLA needed to win. There were a lot of great players that posted impressive numbers this season, but nobody made more winning plays than Jaime Jaquez. And that's from Angela Lento, the vice president, who is talking and describing why Jaquez was the recipient of his award. And I don't think there's a better way to say it than he, if he impacted winning. He wanted to win and grind and do something for the Bruins. And while it's tough, especially for UCLA as a blue blood, to truly be considered art, what does someone mean when he affected winning and with the amount of championships UCLA's had, Final Fours, and in a season where it's back-to-back years without a Final Four, it's frustration. I mean, you can talk about the injuries and grinding through. He only ended on a, you know, with some big-time points, dealt with season highs, you know, against Gonzaga. He had nearly 30 points, 29-11, and 11, a season high, despite struggling and battling in a tough matchup with all the Bruins hurt. He still put up his best totals and almost helped lead the Bruins to a, a miracle comeback victory against Gonzaga, which you know, which is why he probably won the Pac-12 Player of the Year award against Azulis Tabellis. Right? He affected winning, and while there weren't gaudy, gaudy numbers that were eye-popping in terms of better than Tabellis or better than some of those players across the country, he was just around that conversation, and you could see how he affected the game, and how important he was to the Bruins this year, which is why he will be a significant loss if and when he declares the NBA draft, which it only seems like a matter of time at this moment, right? Unless someone pockets a big NIL deal, or if someone's in his ear, says one more year, wants to go sit next to his sister, they each play one year, she's going into her sophomore year, Hawkins would be going into an extra COVID year if him and Tiger want to play that extra year, but it just seems like a perfect time you, you don't you can't get all these accolades stay one more year and risk having a bad season and getting put out of the forefront it's this is the time to go make that move go to the NBA and prove hey I want to be a professional player learn what it takes to get to the next level you know of course I've heard and read some things is the 2024 NBA draft not as good does Hawkes stay try to increase and better those numbers after a summer in the previous offseason where he spent playing with NBA players, in summer leagues, Clippers, all those things, and trying to ball them up. So he, he knows he's trying to prepare his game. He's been trying to prepare his game for the NBA level. That's all those game, in-game interviews talking about he wants to represent for his community and stand up and be that player in the NBA. So it just makes me think the more and more that it's just a matter of time that Hawkes is moving on to, the, to declare for the draft. And we hope him and wish him the best. And at the recording of this podcast, he has not declared. But it just seems like the more and more everything comes out, it just kind of props you up, and all of a sudden the scouts are going to look at you. They're going to pick you apart in the drafting combine and the lack of efficiency and maybe the undersized, but the footwork, the intangibles will, is what sets Hawkes apart. He might not be successful day one, but he's a winner, and that's why Mick Cronin loved him, hugged his dad. His dad just squeezed him and threw Mick Cronin up. There's a reason Hawkes has been successful. It's not always the flashiest, but he just does it with great intent and the intangibles on the floor. So thank you for listening to this Hawkeyes rant 
for him winning the National Player of the Year Award in the Lute Olson National Player of the Year Award from CollegeInsider.com. I'm not sure how many national awards he's going to get, but there is one to put on your resume, say, bam, look at these NBA scouts. That is worth at least a look at Jaime Hawkins Jr. Plenty of Bruins to decide if they're coming or going. Jalen Cork, the only one to have decided that he's declared for the draft with no word if he's signed an agent just yet. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Locked On UCLA. Yeah, the madness of March. What a month indeed. The highs, the lows, everything in between as we get ready and we talk more UCLA football again. We talk the spring sports as we talk a little more baseball, softball. Hey, maybe we'll throw some, you know, everything in there. We'll try and do our best, but football will be more focused until UCLA finds more recruits in 2023-24 for basketball and everything in between. So thanks for making this your first listen. I'm Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, signing off. Hands up, Bruins fans. It's time for an eight clap, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You, C, L, A, U, C, L, A, fight, fight, fight. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.